98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to the claw on this Friday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show. Here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station, we are live from the Auction Community Studios. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? A little sleep deprived after watching my baseball team. Uh, I need a new limo. Blow. Can you fit an entire a, bullpen? I need a limo? a limo that can fit an entire bullpen. Can you, can you put them all in there? Just They all uh, need to go. One of those big stretch jobbers, right? Or maybe yeah. one of like those SUV limos with extra space. Extra you know? space. Maybe a party bus. You're you know, all maybe, fired. Maybe you get like a limo, but instead of being a limo, it's like a party van or a party bus. No, no, no. You know what Gambo really needs is like a really raggedy old school bus. They don't deserve any. <laughs> they don't deserve on their way out. They don't, they don't deserve yes. anything nice on their way out. I'm I mean, on the bus, Gus. Seriously, don't need to discuss much. At this point, it doesn't matter who they bring in in the night. It doesn't matter. It does. I mean, Maranza it doesn't did, matter. Did it a couple of nights ago. He couldn't get it done last night. Cody Bellinger double off the wall. Mookie oh, Betts space hit game over. Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So are you kidding me? Okay. Tori, Tori, Tori. Can you leave him in the game? Can you just let him pitch the ninth inning? Just the ninth inning. I mean, what, 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 this isn't rocket science. They can't hit him. There's one inning left in the game. He's not even at 100 pitches. Tori! the hell are you doing? I'm, I'm envisioning Tori Lovello driving. What are you doing? He's driving to the ballpark right now. He's like, you know what? I think I'll listen to something yes, else right now. Yes, yeah. I think I'm going to put on some music or something. God, I mean, I, come on, Tori! I'm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting yelled at through my car. I mean, what I, I got this great idea. I got this great idea. Listen, I got this great idea. Let's put our bullpen in right now. We're up by one run against the Dodgers. I know Zach Allen's pitched eight innings and they can't hit him. Oh, he just struck out the side. Let's go to our bullpen. Let's not and say we did. Oh, my God. Thanks for listening, Tori. We appreciate it. Good luck tonight against the Giants. Enjoy I mean, whatever musical selection you'll be listening to. Listen, now. just explain Thanks, to Tori. me. Just please explain. What were you thinking? <laughs> what were you thinking? Well, what, what what graphic said, you know what? This is a great idea. We should take our, we should take Zach Allen out right now. What, I mean, who told you that? That person should be fired. Whatever the whatever the paperwork is, uh, the uh, the analytics, the, the analytics stat, that says, the, you know what, the guy, he's the, at ninety eight pitches. So you, you put him out there in the ninth. If he gives up a hit, take him out. But if he gets the guy out, let him stay in. I don't know. This is, makes absolutely no sense to me. I mean, again, you they make this so much harder than it needs to be. Let him pitch the ninth inning. That's it. If he ends up with one hundred and twelve pitches, who cares? Who cares? Where are your pills? You have your pills? Um, just, oh, I got a pill problem yeah, right just, now. Just, well, I mean, me, yeah. Your blood pressure pills. Yeah. At least make sure you have those handy. Let's weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. <laughs> exactly. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Our top story of the day today. You wouldn't know it. It's not the Arizona Diamondbacks and their wretched bullpen blowing another game last night. Oh it's not God. that. That's We will talk about it later. Although something tells me you've already got the gist of the conversation now. Yeah. We'll talk about it a little later. 37 losses. Yeah. 37 losses. Leeds baseball. Leeds baseball. We open up today uh, with the latest from the Arizona Cardinals. Who's going to play? Who's not? And I'll be honest, this injury report doesn't look half bad. This injury report looks like an injury 
injury report you would see from a team going into week three. Not like that one we had going into week one where it felt like half the team was banged up. Two guys that we know will not play have officially been ruled out. And those two guys are Rondell Moore and linebacker Ezekiel Turner. Here's Cliff Kingsbury. Rondell and Zeke will be out. Um, Looks like everybody else will be good to go. James Conner is questionable. He is game time. Uh, better, better, yeah. Be game time decision. <clears throat> Get him out there Sunday, run around and see, see where it's at. I feel good about the running back spot and the depth that they have. I thought Darrell Williams was terrific last week. Eno had a couple of nice runs, too. So if James Conner, I don't want him to, but if James Conner has to miss the game, I think I still like their depth at running back. They'll be, to me, they're okay there. They're okay. It feels like they'll be okay there. Um, if they, I mean, we. I want to reverse that. We'd all rather have James Conner out there. Okay, he guy was a stud last year. Yes. All right, but the way those two guys played in the second half, I think they can manage that for a game if they need to manage that for a game against the Rams. So you, you can live with that if he can't go. But it sounds like he's going to be a game time decision. Everybody else, Gambo, everybody who at some point this week appeared on that injury report is listed as good to go, uh, and that includes a couple of guys that one we haven't seen yet in Trayvon Mullen. We're going to see him on Sunday. He's good to go. I mean, unless he's a healthy scratch, health is not going to keep him out of that game on Sunday. He should be good to go. Yeah, and I, I had gotten wind that he was going to play earlier in the week, so I, I think I put it out there on Monday or Tuesday that I expected that Trayvon Mullen was going to play. Good. Some reinforcements for that secondary. We hear that this kid's a good player, so let's see if he if he can help. I mean, a, you know, the, the secondary did a pretty good job last week. They shut down Devontae Adams, but now you got Cooper Cup and the Rams, so yeah, if you get Trayvon Mullen in there, I'm looking forward to seeing the kid play. Yeah, here's Cliff on Trayvon Mullen. Yeah, I hope you will. I hope you will. I, I expect him to. I think we got to see um, just how much of the defense you know he understands and where he's at mentally. But physically, I feel like he, he should be ready to go. I, I'm not. I, I don't know how many snaps he's going to play, but I feel like he'll be physically ready to go. Yeah, I mean, physically ready, mentally, we'll see. We'll see how much responsibility. I would imagine they ease him in a little bit, um, but he certainly was is going to play now. Rondell Moore. Um, the curious case of, well, not so curious. He injured his hamstring right before week one, and it sounded like it was pretty bad. Cliff Kingsbury today guaranteed that at the very least, the bare minimum, they'll have Rondell Moore back for week five. I'm hoping within the next two weeks he'll play. If not next week, I would guarantee the, uh, the game after. So the question was asked. If he's going to miss four games, did you think about putting Rondell Moore on IR so you could have called somebody else up? Here's the response. No, we thought, you know, just depending how it went, had a chance to get back. And he's a guy um, who's going to have a very significant role in this offense. And if we could beat that by a game, we wanted to take that chance. It's, if they can beat it by a game. Yeah, it's the Jerry Jones, mm. Dak Prescott argument. Same reason why they didn't put him on yeah. the IR, thinking like if get we, one game. Right. If I can get him back after three games, I'd rather do that and not put him on the list. Listen, you, you just know the history of this injury with him, because he's had several of them, is that he's going to miss three to four weeks. It's a three to four week injury. And they gambled on three weeks instead of four. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But, what, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, he's, uh, they, they've got some depth there. Greg. Dorch has really stepped up and played well. I mean, you're not too far away from getting him back. And then after this week, you're halfway through DeAndre Hopkins suspension. After this week, you're halfway through that. Oh, so, right. yeah, so, yeah, yeah, you just, you bide your time. You try to win games until you get everybody back. Looking at the Cardinals schedule here. I don't, should have it memorized by now, but I don't. Um, the Arizona Cardinals. So they got Carolina 
after this game. So if Rondell Moore is not available for that one, then they would have Rondell Moore for the next week against Philadelphia, which suddenly looms as a much more challenging game than maybe we thought at the beginning of the season. Oh, sure. Phil, that's, one oh, those, yeah. that's one of those games where you, you, you kind of look at the schedule when the schedule comes out and go, oh, yeah, they should probably win that game. And then as the course of the season goes along, you reevaluate the schedule a little bit based off of how teams play in. Philly looks like they me, might be a little bit of a tougher out. Give me the three games after Carolina. Home against Philly. Okay. At Seattle. Home against New Orleans on a short Thursday night football week. And that's the game you get D-Hop back for. Okay. So, you, so you're... Yeah. You, Cliff basically... Guaranteed Rondell Moore back by Philly, if not next week against Carolina. Seattle, you still don't have D-Hop, but presumably you'd have Rondell Moore if he's healthy. And then New Orleans, you get Hop back. And then after that, it's at Minnesota, home against Seattle, at the Rams. So, yeah, that Philly game, it's funny. Like I said, I hadn't committed the schedule to memory. Look at at the beginning of the season. I remember looking at that thinking, ah, yeah, Philly. I don't think they're going to be very right. Good. Oh, but then, but then good. they made. Listen, they made a lot of moves. You know, they made a lot of moves, and it seems like they're going to win that NFC East. Do Dallas plays the Giants this week, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. On Monday Night Football, yeah. Giants. I saw something about the Giants might be the worst two and team in the history of the NFL. Uh, that sounds about right. That yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> Sorry, no, no knock against. But your I don't team. think that da- sounds about right. I don't but, think Dallas is any good. I think Philly's going to run away with that. But the thing about Philly, you know, regardless of who they added, I just didn't believe that much. And Jalen Hurts, and man, he's played out of his mind. He played great. He's played. He played he's been great. Great last week. He's been great this season. He mm-hmm. faded a little bit in the second half last week. He was really, really good. Need him. He was really, really good. And if he plays that well, Philly is a team more so to be reckoned with than I would have thought they would have been. At the and at least season. that's a home game. Yeah, you don't got to go back east and travel to Philly. It's a home game. I could see a lot of green in the stadium that day. I could see a really. Oh, yeah. A lot of Philly people here? Oh, yeah. Or I see a lot of Philly people traveling here. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of everybody everywhere when it's a Cardinals home game, it feels like. If the the Philadelphia Eagles are good, oh, yeah, I could see a lot of... What's the date on that game? That is uh, Sunday, October 9th. Oh, that's a beautiful weather in Philly that time of year. The fall, the leaves are changing colors, a little crisp, crispness in the air. Yeah, I, I'm going to stand by my take. I think you're going to see a lot of green in that stadium when the Philadelphia Eagles come to town. If they're good. If they're, if they're continuing their good start, yeah, I think you'll see a lot of Philly fans here. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, when the Rams come to town, they've got some injuries, too. Who are the five players we're going to be keeping an eye on in this game? We'll tell you next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. John Gambadero, Dave Burns here on this Friday afternoon, this football Friday, if you will, as the Arizona Cardinals hosting the L.A. Rams coming up on Sunday afternoon at State Farm Stadium. Matchup of NFC West rivals. It's been a mostly painful matchup for the Cardinals these last several years, certainly in the Sean McVay era. Remember, Cardinals have not beaten this organization in this building at State Farm Stadium since they were the St. Louis Rams. 2014, the last time the Cardinals have beat this team at home, and the only one is nuts. It's nuts. I mean, I, I think, did we look up who the quarterback was that day? 2014 quarterback? For the Rams? Who was the quarterback that day? I know. I didn't mean to spring this on you. I'm sorry. I just derailed the show. It wasn't Vince Ferragamo. <laughs> 
was, wasn't <laughs> Jaworski. No, it was Joe Namath. It was, it was Joe Namath. It was not Joe Namath. It was. No, it was not. It was Joe, that's how long ago it was. Joe Namath. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Mitch, you got it for I me. I see two names, and I, I'm shocked that these names exist. Austin Davis and Sean Hill. Oh, my God. Really? That was who they both played that day? Ugh. I don't know if they both played that day, but they split starts the whole season. Okay, there, there it was. The Austin Davis went 17-30 for 216 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. He was sacked six times that day. I still think it was Joe Namath. <laughs> In a 31-14 win by the Cardinals to improve to 8-1 and one on the season. Oh, was that, was that the game that Carson broke his arm? Yeah, that was the game where Carson broke his arm. That was that was, or not broke his arm, but what? Um, his knee. That was his knee. Okay, right? Because then they went to nine and one. If I if I I think I'm remembering this right, that was the game where Carson Palmer was lost for the rest of the season. Okay, and they're like, oh, you had this nine and one team, and they and, won, and they won, but they, won. they lost. They won, but they lost. I'm pretty sure that how many, was how many picks did Namath throw. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't throw any. He didn't throw any because a lot the, of people don't realize he played for the Rams. The next week against the yeah, Drew Stanton was the quarterback. The next week against the Lions, so that was, didn't play for the Rams. Yes, he did. That was that was a that was a nine and one football team. That was the Cardinals. That were well. I remember. I remember. Like, and that was ultimately the season that ended with Ryan Lindsay in the playoff or Lindley in the playoff game. Lindley, oh, right. You're, you're down to your third string quarterback, but yeah. you're in the playoffs. And you went to Carolina and you lost in the opening round because by then Drew Stanton was hurt too. Yeah. Right. Okay. That was that last time they beat the Rams. It cost them Carson Palmer. All right. Sorry. Got sidetracked. Sometimes the brain does that. Fast forward now to 2022. Let's the Cardinals, they're, there's okay. The Rams are good. They're the defending Super Bowl champs. No one's going to take anything away yeah, from them in that regard. They're a great start this year. There's they're, some question marks about them. They're not off to a great start, and they are beat up. They've got some significant injuries going into this game, especially on the offensive line. Yeah, on yeah. the offensive line, a lot so, of questions about that old line. But. So, a story today uh, from the Rams media: five Rams to watch against the Cardinals. And I'll tell you right now, there's two of the names that are directly related to the injuries. Okay, okay, okay. So let's gonna, go with it. I'm going to fast forward to name number three on the list: offensive lineman AJ Jackson is a player to watch because. Uh, Tremaine Ancrum Jr. was put on season-ending injured reserve. He suffered a broken ankle, which means A.J. Jackson is now going to draw the start at right guard, which means A.J. Jackson is probably going to have yeah. to line up against J.J. Watt for a big chunk of that He was game. considered their best offensive lineman, at least when you look at pro football focus grades, uh, against Atlanta. So he, in, in the 31-27 win over the Falcons, he was considered their best offensive lineman. So there's only two games that they played so far, and you know both Buffalo and the Falcons have done really well against that offensive line. Now the Falcons have a terrible defensive line, so the fact that they got any pressure was crazy. But AJ Jackson did great out as their best offensive lineman. And as you point out, and, and since we'll talk about the offensive line for a minute, the Rams have had an offensive line problem for most of the year in terms of their ability to run the football. Uh, they're 31st in the NFL in average run yard gain 
before contact. Yes. They are near last when it comes to yards after contact. Their offensive line has not been getting the job done. And now they got a new left tackle. Brian Allen, their center, got hurt. They've got a new center. They're going to be down to their third option at right guard. When we talk about A.J. Jackson, they are hurt on well, the offensive line. Sure. And, you know, you, you look no further than when they're up 28 to 10 in that game last week. What do they do? They throw the football all the time. So, you know, you would think that when you've got a big lead, you know, you've got tw- Matthew Stafford threw nine pass attempts on 12 plays when they were up 28 to 10. It's supposed to be the opposite. You're supposed to run the football, take time off the clock. Instead, they're throwing the ball left and right because they don't have a good running game. They don't have a good run, a good run offensive line. Yeah. So when we talk about key players for the Rams, there's one right there because that guy's probably going to be in charge of blocking J.J. Watt, who, by the way, for what it's worth, the Cardinals have never lost a regular season game when J.J. Watt has been available. That's crazy, huh? They, they're 8-0. They're 8-0 when J.J. Watt starts in place in Re-sign the regular him season. Now. <laughs> I don't know about that. All right. Another guy to watch, Darion Kendrick, one of their cornerbacks, because you look at their injury report today, Kobe Durant, cornerback. Out. David Long Jr., cornerback, out. We already know that Troy Hill, their cornerback, got put on IR for the next four games. He's out. They're missing three of their top guys, which means the sixth-round pick out of, I believe it's Georgia, Darian Kendrick, is now going to get a big, long look in that game. Their secondary is beat to hell. And I believe he was inactive last week against the Falcons. So Van Jefferson, Brian Allen, and Darion Kendrick were the, among the Rams' inactives. So he didn't even play last week. So yeah, I would imagine that that could be a matchup you look at if you're the Cardinals. You can say, okay, let's 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 test him out. Let's let's see if let's see if Kendrick is a guy that we can make some plays off of. Yeah, plus one of their backup safeties, kind of a rotational guy, Jordan Fuller. He's hurt too. But Kendrick didn't play against the Bills either. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's mm. issues. There's issues in the secondary. There's issues in the offensive line. There are some who believe that as, as lopsided as this has been for the Rams in recent years, that if there was ever a, a moment to get them, this might be that moment for sure. the Cardinals because they're just so banged up. The other five players to keep an eye on, one of them's obvious, it's Matthew Stafford. You keep an eye on him because he's got the five keep interceptions Keep an eye on the so football, it's coming year. your way. <laughs> just catch it. Uh, with no Van Jefferson, and given the Cardinals and the way they've defended tight ends so far this year, Ooh, a lot of good. people think Tyler Higgins is a guy to keep an eye on in this game. Yeah, Cardinals defense has allowed league highs in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns to tight ends thus far. Um, they did play against Travis Kelsey, by the way. But yeah, they've had a, they had a rough time so far with the tight ends. The tight ends have put up good numbers against Higby's them. He's a good player. He's a really good player. Yeah. He, he ain't Travis Kelsey. All right. And Nobody I think, is. I think those numbers that you just read off are, while they're relevant, they're really skewed. You're right. It's two games into the season, and one of those games was against Travis Kelsey. And he was matched up against Isaiah Simmons, and his head was on a swivel that whole game. For a long time, the Cardinals have had a hard time covering tight ends. It felt like they had kind of It felt like they kind of figured it out it, a little bit, yeah. But it's been a rough start. Most of that is based off of Travis Kelsey. And then the other guy to keep an eye on this game, and, and I remember 
him from last year to impacting games against the Cardinals. Ernest Jones, their linebacker. They think he might be some sort of a spy against Kyler Murray to try to keep him from engaging in the running game as much. He's off to a really good start. He's already got 19 tackles. He's got a tackle for loss. He's got a forced fumble. Remember him having a good year last year, at least good games against the Cardinals. Maybe they use him. Now, you can put anybody back there to spy on Kyler, and Kyler's so good that often he can play around that if he needs to. Uh, But you would imagine you keep an eye on him as a guy they might use to try to specifically limit Kyler Murray and his ability to rush. Yeah, and and Jones has been good. I mean, even against the Bills, as bad as they played against the Bills, he was the one guy that stood out with with seven tackles and a forced fumble. He played extremely well against the Bills in that opening loss. So he's a guy they really, really like, and he's, he's definitely an impact player. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, how close, if at all, were the Suns to acquiring Boyan Bogdanovich? Gambo's got some info that you Suns fans are going to want to hear next on the Burns and Gambo show. The Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Eric Ruby is here with our Twitter poll question of the day. Are we doing both here, Rubes? It's yeah, up to you. Let's, All right. let's get both in, but let's do the first one quickly so we can get to some Suns talk. Question number one, it's a classic and it's a Friday, so you know what comes next. It's Cardinals, it's Rams. Who wins and by how much? A lot is defined, as always, by a two-score, that's two-touchdown victory. Your four options are cards win by a lot, cards win by a little. Rams win by a lot. Rams win by a little. You know what? You're going to steal my thunder. You're totally going to steal it. Okay, then you go first. Cardinals by a little. That's what I'm going to go with. Cardinals by a little. Guys, it's the leader in the clubhouse. I'm done with that. Cardinals by a little. 35.8% are taking Cardinals by a little, but in second place on the flip end, 34.1% saying Rams by a lot. A strong third place at 22% is Rams by a little. 7.5% say Cards by a lot. That Mm. means over 57% say the Rams are going to win. So Cardinals by a little is winning, but Rams, Rams overall, are overall winning. winning. Can we do a poll on will this be the worst halftime show for the Super Bowl of all time? Not confirmed yet. Not confirmed oh yet. Oh my god. Also, I'm not watching. You? I'm not watching. You gotta get Blue Oyster Cult up there, man. I just bought tickets for Blue Oyster Cult. There you go. Playing, yeah, you told me. I'm, I'd let you, you know. You got me. I got tickets. I got eyes on Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah. Yeah. Are we talking about uh, Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift. Okay. Yeah. Uh, has, that, <laughs> has that been confirmed? No. It's okay, just, it's anyway. just a rumor. Taylor Swift yeah, is expected rumor. to perform in the 2023 yeah. Super Bowl halftime show. I saw show. that rumor this morning. I didn't know if it had been confirmed. No, thank you. <laughs> no, I've been to two of our concerts. No, thank Your you. Your wife will be very happy. She will. She'll be very happy. I ain't watching. <laughs> get your time. Walk the legs, you know. I ain't watching. Yeah, get up, go get a plate of food, you know, at the Super Bowl party. You'll be fine. Oh, be my God. That's just, shows are an hour that's anyway. terrible. That is a terrible decision by the NFL, by the way. Tail Not confirmed swift. yet. There's still hope for Blue Oyster Cult. Uh, anybody but her. Oh, God. I feel like she's the worst musician of all time. I can't stand Taylor Swift. Sorry. Man, your wife is going to drag you oh, to her concert God. the next I've, time I've she comes I've been dragged to town. two of them. She's going to drag you to three, and then she'll drag you to four. And you know why? You've dragged her to America God only knows how many all times. All she does is sing sad music to teenage no, sure, girls who got babe. broken up with. You, 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 you've dragged her to Blue Oyster Cult God only knows how many God, times. God, so break so, out the Kleenex. So what happened to real music, Bernsey? Yeah. That's all it is. That's all uh, it is. I mean, I'm going to play to the teenage 
teenage girl's you know, broken heart. Here we go. Rubes, what's our second question? All right, our second one. Some Suns fans have broken hearts about not trading for Boyan Bogdanovich. Clever so transition there. I how like are you guys feeling? We pose the question. You've got three options. Option number one is you're upset. It's time to go all in now. Get this team ready for the start of the season. Option number two is you're feeling okay on it. I mean, you would have liked to trade for him, but it's not the end of the world. But you'd like to get a trade done soon. Option number three is you're happy, elated. Save those picks and assets for when you can trade for a star. Option number two. Yes, I'm option well, number two. I, I guess I, we're we're on board. Yeah, we're on board with yeah, this. We're, we're very agreeable today, despite yeah. Gambo's you know salty mood. We're agreeable. Uh, uh, number two, I, I'm close to number one, but. In James, I mostly trust, so I'm going to go number two. All right. Well, we have a good old-fashioned tie for this one at 38.2%. It's need a trade soon and wait for a star at 23.5%. And last place is upset. Go all in this moment. So kind of spread out somewhat evenly. Pretty evenly. 38% on two of them, 23% on Okay, the that's, yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty spread right. out. Those are the poll questions. You can find them on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. Uh, it's been a couple days now since Boyan Bogdanovich got traded to the Detroit Pistons. The package was relatively underwhelming. Kelly Olenek and another player, no draft picks, changed hands. Now he's in Detroit. A lot of Suns fans looked at that and said, huh, that's it, huh? That's, that's all it took to get Boyan Bogdanovich. And we talked a little bit yesterday about what it meant. What were you able to find out about okay, the Suns ready? and Bogdanovich? I think people are going like, to getting, getting like this. You ready? Yeah. So there were several discussions between the Suns and the Jazz. The Jazz end up trading Bogdanovich. They save $7 million on their cap. They get a player that they want. They they also open up a spot for Laurie Market and to play the four. But let me get into where the Suns and the, the Jazz weren't able to get a deal done. The Suns did not just want Boyan Bogdanovich in a potential deal. They were looking for more than Boyan Bogdanovich. The Suns were insistent on adding Jared Vanderbilt to the deal, and that wasn't going to happen. They, the, the Jazz like Vanderbilt. He's only making about $4 million. He's a young power forward, really good rebounder with a good contract. Kentucky player, but the Suns, the reason the Suns did not get Bogdanovich is because they were also looking for Jared Vanderbilt in the deal. Okay, so they wanted Vanderbilt as well as Bogdanovich in a potential big time deal with the Jazz. Interesting. Very interesting, but that is what happened. And and so that's what allowed it to come apart like that, huh? Yes, yes. So talks with the Suns and Jazz broke down with the Suns' insistent that, insistence that Jared Vanderbilt be included in the deal. I can only imagine that, that part of that reason why would be that the, the, they wanted a younger player, too, and not just a player that was on an expiring, right? That they had another asset that would justify the assets Listen, that they I have think to give in up. some ways they may have even wanted Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt more than they wanted Bogdanovich. In some ways, the Suns looked at Bogdanovich as a big contract, and if we're going to take this on and help you because you were going to help the Suns, um, then you were going. Then they wanted to. They, they, the reward for that is is that they wanted Vanderbilt. He's a young kid. He's a pretty dynamic young player. I mean, the Jazz like him, and you know he could have came in here and really helped the Suns as a power forward. He's a young young player, but a very good rebounder. He plays with a lot of high energy. He's got great hop. 
props. So there was a, that's the player that the Suns were, the, the talks broke down because of the Suns' insistence that Jared Vanderbilt be added to the deal. Hmm. Well, that's, um, I, I, it's, I'm trying to process all that information right now because I'm trying to think about what it meant and whether I wanted the Suns, what I've wanted the Suns to kind of backtrack a little bit and go, okay, we, you know, that's not a deal killer for us. We still want Bogdanovich. Let's keep talking. Or what, am I, am I happy that they were being aggressive to try to get a player that didn't just have one year left on his deal? That was an asset that you could have kept around a little bit longer because Bogdanovich just had the one year left on his deal. And does, does James Jones, and I'm assuming this to be the case. Okay. As much as I liked Bogdanovich and I did, I assume there are still other deals out there that he can make or that at least he's had discussions on. It's not like Boyan Bogdanovich is the only player that was available to the Suns or could be available to the Suns to improve their team. Where is a player that made a lot of sense in a lot of different he ways? He did, but there are other players out there that if we knew about them would probably also make a lot of sense in a lot of different ways. I think about I think about Jay Crowder a couple of years ago. Remember we were talking about okay, what are the Suns going to do? They got to add somebody, they got to go out in free agency and get a player. We didn't spend one minute talking about them getting Jay Crowder. Not one. And as soon as they got him, it was like, oh yeah, that player makes sense. Yes. He's a perfect fit. Yes. He's exactly what they need. We weren't anticipating that. He wasn't really on our radar, so we didn't really talk about it that much. My hope is that there's another player like Jay Crowder, who knows, that maybe they could even trade Jay Crowder for to bring in here, that maybe he's in a... Jay Crowder would have been involved in the package. If I'm looking at Jay Crowder would have been involved in the deal. He would have been involved in the deal with the Utah Jazz. That was the that was the first. There were other players, but he was he was the biggest money guy involved in the deal that would have went back to the Jazz. And I'm operating under the assumption that Jay Crowder, at some point in the near future, is not going to be on the Suns roster anymore. It just seems inevitable at this point. We'll get more of a read on media day. All right, well that's good stuff. By the way, Vanderbilt, and I'm just checking this out. Vanderbilt had a 12.12 rebound game against the Phoenix Suns in March. 5 of 11 from the field, 12 rebounds, 12 points. So, I mean, so big, you know, good game for him. Like he had a solid game with 12 points and 12 rebounds against Phoenix. Um, and maybe that was one of the games. But yes, that is, you know, I'll tell you exactly that that is why the talks broke down because the Suns did want Jared Vanderbilt in the deal. There's another guy who's not out there yet. But when we talk about saving assets, when we talk about not trading first round picks, I couldn't help but notice the story today on ProBasketballTalk.com. Okay, I love this. Go ahead. While speaking on Thursday in his annual preseason media availability, Thunder General Manager Sam Presti said, Shai Gilgis-Alexander remains committed to Oklahoma City. Quote, Shai has made a long-term commitment here. The only reason we're talking about it is because another player on another team got traded and the aggregation machine needs more content. He's talking about Donovan Mitchell going to Cleveland in that trade and now... The aggregation machine, the media machine, needs another player to talk about. Just the fact that he's getting asked about Shai Gilgis-Alexander makes me wonder, and others have wondered, at some point, is Shai Gilgis-Alexander going to look around the Oklahoma City Thunder and say, this ain't working. You're not, you guys aren't going to be good anytime soon. They're young. They got Josh Giddy, terrific young player. Chet Holmgren's out for the year. right? He's out for the year. You got Dort, the, the ASU kid. It's a, it's a fun team. Like It's a fun team. But if, if you want to win, like right now, 
That, you know, they're not ready to win right now. They got a bunch of draft picks coming, coming through and they've got a fun young team. Like, you know, he, he, he might have a chance to be a part of something special with that team, but I, if he wants to win right now, he's better off going somewhere there's else. There's no indication that he's asked out. There's no indication that he's going to ask out, but there's one thing we know about the NBA. We know these things change and they change very, very quickly. Yes. Right. And by the way, thank you, Eric. I, I look at it and I always say shy and I know it's Shay. 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 I always say shy at Shay. One of these days, I'll get that one right. Too shy, shy, hush, hush, eye to eye. Oh, boy. Um, (laughs) There's no indication. (laughs) Man. Really? You're going to you're gonna make it that kind of a Friday, huh? You, I think I just went Kaja Gugu on a Friday. You just quoted Kaja Gugu oh on a Friday. God. Good night, oh, everybody. Seriously. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't need an iced coffee. I need a drink. <laughs> I'm, ready, I'm ready for Kaja Gugu. It's 2.43 in the afternoon. Oh, man. Texas, your thoughts on Kaja Gugu. The FanDuel text line is open for you right now at 6.20, Zach Gallen was stupendous last night. The ninth inning was just stupid last night. That's next on Burns and Gambo. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. You take the good, now the one-two. Swing and a miss. He struck him out, and it's a career high in strikeouts. 13 on the night for Gallon. Eight innings pitch, one run allowed. With the bad. 3-2. Swing, line drive, left field, base hit. Dodgers walk it off. Final score, 3-2. What a horrible way to lose a game. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you your 2022 Arizona Diamondbacks. How much is this Diamondback team aged people? (laughs) Honestly, how much has it aged people watching them blow ninth inning leads like it's going out of style? There's no way to measure that. There's really no way to know. I think think I've lost five years of my life. with. I'm not getting any younger. They're no, not, not getting any younger. The Diamondbacks don't make it easy for you to get younger. They make you get older. You invest your entire time into a baseball game, right? Say a baseball game's three. How long was that baseball game last night? Okay, say it was three hours. It's like three hours. Okay, for two hours and 56 minutes, you're enjoying the baseball game. It's a good game. And then for four minutes, they, they, they take you to hell. Like, that's what they do. I mean, it was, uh, I, I just can't, I, 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 listen, one of the great things about the season ending is that I don't have to watch this bullpen pitch again. I mean, that is, when the season ends, I'm going to miss watching Carroll and McCarthy and, and, and Dre Jameson and, and all these young kids that are so exciting. I ain't going to miss that bullpen, man. I'm not going to miss watching any, any of those guys pitch. No, and I'm not trying to blow smoke here, but one of the other guys you're going to miss is Zach Gallen, who maybe had the best performance of his career last night. I mean, it was, it was crazy how good he was. That was a career high in innings. That was a career high in strikeouts. He didn't walk anybody. He only gave up two hits. He threw 98 pitches in eight innings, so he was ruthlessly efficient out there as well. Dave Roberts, after the game, quote, he was just in complete control. We didn't have an answer for him. I know sometimes you hate stats like this, but this one stood out. Zach Gallen is the only Major League Baseball pitcher in the modern era on the road to throw eight or more innings with 12 or more strikeouts, no walks, two or fewer hits, and under 100 pitches. It was incredible how good he was. And he was so strong at the night. end of the game. And he was so strong at Striking the end of the game. Striking everybody out. And I can't imagine for a second 
why he wasn't out there to at least start the ninth and see what he could do, knowing how faulty and which leaky that side of the brain, was. which side of the brain did it, you know spoke with Tory and said, you know what, let's take him out of the game and go to your bullpen. You know, it's like you got a devil and you got an angel on your shoulders, and he's listening yeah. to the devil. Like you can't go to the bullpen. He's got ninety-eight pitches. I know. Listen, you got to let him finish the game. Just, at, at least let him start the race. At least let, him, at least start let him start the inning. If he gets the first guy out, okay. Now pitch again. Get the second guy out. Great. If he puts a runner on base, it's a lot easier to justify taking him out of the game. Yeah. Start the inning. If the leadoff guy gets on, pull him from the game. It made. Zero, zero sense to go to the bullpen in that game. And Zach Gallen got robbed of a win. He got robbed of a win. Yeah, he got robbed of a win. And after the game, he was he, he was happy about how he pitched, but he was kind of muted in his response, knowing that the team didn't win and he didn't want to be too celebratory about it. At this point, it doesn't matter who they roll out in the bottom of the ninth. Last night, it was Reyes Morantz's turn again. He succeeded a couple of nights ago. He failed last night. He becomes the latest in a long line. Line of guys, Tori Lovello has rolled out there in the ninth and said, okay, your turn, you try it. Okay, your turn, you try it. You try it, you try it. I mean, he was, remember, when you had reported a couple of weeks ago that they were going to go away from Ian Kennedy and they were going to go away from Mark Melanson and go in that to situation. Maranta was one of the two guys you said, look for them to go to. Yes. They have, and now he's, and he's failed too. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, they it's, all stink. You're, all of them, they all stink. I don't want any of them back. Mantiply too. I mean, I, I do like Mantiply, but like, I, I want to, you got to reshuffle this deck. The, this bullpen is terrible, and you need a whole bunch of new guys in there. And I feel bad for Zach Allen, man. I feel bad for him. He pitches the game of, he pitched a hell of a game. Yeah, he was. Not a game of his life, but a hell of a game against the Dodgers. You're about to win a five-game series. He's sitting there watching this happen. You know, uh, you know, Cody Bellinger doubles off the wall. You end up walking Freeman. Bases loaded. Mookie bets up, and then he, and he gets a single. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, oh, it's the frustration in watching that game. Game, the frustration of watching that game. And then again, trying to understand. I mean, listen, I, again, this isn't rocket science. It isn't rocket science. You don't have to do too much thinking. Let Zach Allen go out there and pitch the ninth inning. It's 98 pitches. Do you really think that if he throws 15 more pitches, he's like something's going to happen to him? They lead the league in losses by a bullpen with 37. They're fourth in the league with the worst save percentage. Only three teams have a worse save conversion percentage than they do. The Pirates, the Angels, and the Twins. The bullpen has the fifth worst ERA in Major League Baseball. And the shame of it all is, in addition to Zach Gallen, that was set up to be a great Christian Walker moment last night with his solo home run in the ninth. After McCarthy gets thrown out, you're thinking, okay, there goes the chance. Walker gets that hanger. He sends it to left center field. His 36th of the year. I think he's just one home run shy now of passing Paul Goldschmidt for the most home runs by a first baseman in Diamondbacks history, if I remember right. Wow. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hell of a year by Walker. And actually, he's, tied. A, he's yeah, one more home run, and he's ahead of him. And he's ahead yeah. of Paul Goldschmidt in terms of single season home run. The only guys that would be ahead of him at that point would be Troy Gloss, Jay Bell, Mark Reynolds, and Luis Gonzalez. Yeah, it was an incredible year for Christian. It was under contract for the next two years, or he's under control for the Diamondbacks the next two years with arbitration. So, and he's going to win a Gold Glove this year as a first baseman. It was almost a two run homer because you know McCarthy had stole second base easy. But he came off the bag 
and they called him out. He actually stole the base, but he overslid the bag, and by the time he tried to get back on, the tag was still on him. They called McCarthy out. That would have been his 20th stolen base. Rojas ended up stealing his 20th of the season. That would have been two guys with 20 stolen bases. They'll get there. But then it would have been a two-run shot, and it would have gave you a little bit more margin for error when you got into the bottom of the ninth. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show last week, tale of two halves for the Arizona Cardinals. How would Steve Kime describe how he felt at halftime of the Raiders game and after the Raiders game? Our exclusive conversation with the GM is coming up next on the Burns and Gambo Show.